We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to True Faith Weekly Podcast. I'm talking to you uh, very shortly after Aston Villa won Newcastle United. One well, of Alex Hurst, joined today by Simon Campbell and Marcus Shearer on the phone, who's been at Villa Park uh, to witness what we've just watched on Sky Sports. Um, Newcastle drawn one one side. Your initial reaction to that? It's a hard, wasn't it? Because before the game, you would have taken a draw, probably. Um, I would have liked to have seen four points from this game in Norwich, so you're kind of hoping that this is the one we get the three, and then you take a draw at Norwich. But it might—it's going to turn out to be the opposite, hopefully. Um, a draw would be fine, but because we were so in control first half, and the way it turned out in the end, where for the last twenty minutes we were kind of being overrun, and they finally scored, it was quite a disappointing result in the end. I was frustrated to finish the game with less than three points, basically. I think I agree with you. I said in my match preview on True Faith, a draw with Aston Villa um, is a good result away from home. Yeah. And I also agree with you that the domination that we enjoyed and the poor, poor quality of Aston Villa, which was to be expected, um, means that a point, a two points loss rather than a point gain. Yeah. But like you say, four points from this week, or even two points from this week, isn't the end of the world. I mean, I don't know what this does to us in the table. I know we started the game sixth. Um, and Huddersfield lost, Norwich won. So it's not the end of the world and it's not a defeat. We've gone to Villa and what we're, we're, we're talking about, one of the biggest, supposedly biggest and most difficult games in this division is being a disappointment, not to take all three points. And that's, that's a positive. Um, but still, it, 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 it's a hell of a kick in the teeth and we're going to break it down this podcast and talk about what went wrong, what went right um, to, to kind of come to a conclusion whether it was a good result or not because I think a lot of the people on the pub we just watched it in the Hastings and Delaval and a lot of people on Twitter I think it's a bad result so Marcus you were at the game good result fair result to you Is, it's pretty simple work. Matt, Matt, 
talk about Celts now I mean there's a bit of crack I've just tweeted on at TF Weekly Pod about questions and, and if anyone would like to for us to talk about something and every single tweet coming in pretty much is about Matt Celts McMartin True Faith editor who's been on the podcast many times is saying that people need to lay off him um, True Faith Lawsy saying the same and they make valid points but the goal he's taken three three steps forward and not come for the ball. And like you say, Marcus, that was just, we, we, we've just watched the match and every single time the ball's come into the box, we've been cells shite. It's not, it's, and, and it's, this would be a, a an immaterial argument if we didn't have a good goalkeeper on the bench. You know, if, if say, for example, I don't know, Ben Anik or Jack Anik, whatever his name was, or Woodman, or, or some, someone else was on the bench it it would yeah. it wouldn't even be a discussion because it was like right okay he's our best keeper he, he's he's having a mare fine and, I, and I've got people on Twitter saying you know nine games write them off writing them off after nine games well I was at Fulham and he was he was very poor at Fulham and I was at Huddersfield where he didn't make a save and I was at Wolves where the first goal it seems like Mbemba doesn't get a shout the second goal that despite it being terrible from Dummett terrible from Perez the player curls the ball out. I'd love to say it in the bottom corner or at the side and he cut he curls the ball into halfway between the middle and the left hand side of the goal and yet again we've, we've dropped three points there and I know Villa had a a close a close shave when they had that goal disallowed they've, they've created nothing we've gone we've gone to Villa Park we've dominated them much like we did at Derby County we've missed chances we should have gone 2-0 before half time but it doesn't matter because RU's had a shot from outside the box and hit the post, so you could argue that we've got a bit unlucky there. But yet again, Matt Sells has conceded a goal, and it's all well and good saying slag the keeper. Rafa knows what he's doing. It's all well and good saying um, nine games in. Listen, this this is the championship. We, we cannot afford to be bedding in a goalkeeper in the championship. This is this is the league where Brighton lost two two league games last season. Brighton lost and didn't go up automatically and we're betting in a goalkeeper after nine games to me it's a disgrace I mean yes Rafa knows what he's doing I know Sai you're laughing but, and, it, and it's common knowledge now that, that I was fortunate enough through True Faith and I'm grateful to meet Rafa and that was after the Huddersfield game and after the Huddersfield game I didn't rate Celts I thought after the after the two games I'd seen that he wasn't good enough and I asked Rafa and I said why, why do we continue to play Matt Sells yeah. and he goes he was the highest recommended goalkeeper in Europe. He said if we'd been in the Premier League, he'd have signed Matt Sells. Now, I, I, I respect that, and he knows more than me, obviously. 
a hundred, a thousand times more than me. But that was that was after two games. Yes, he was the most highly rated goalkeeper. Yes, one of Rafa's close personal friends, who's managing, who used, Rafa used to manage the player in Belgium, who recommended him, and that, that's fantastic. But he's been he's been in goal nine games now, and I, and and so I put a couple of people called me out on Twitter last week when they said, you know, you're wrong when you say Marcel's hasn't made a save in the same against Wolves in the same. He, he saved the one off his head after ten minutes when they eventually hit the ball. I'll argue we didn't know where he was or what he was doing. And and they say he saved the free kick, and it and, and it's got to that stage now. And listen, I am Rafa Benitez's biggest fan. He's going to get this promoted. And if Matt Sells start on starts on Wednesday, I'll sing his name. I'll get behind him. It's not a question of the world's going to end because Matt Sells is starting to go for Newcastle. But I'm starting to get more and more pissed off and frustrated that Carl Darlow, who was was very good against Wolves, and we were having a bit joke in the bar pre match, uh, Marcus. You know, I said, um, I said. Darlow was very good against Wolves on Tuesday night in, in size. Certainly, you know, he's made a couple of good saves. It was hardly like Gianluigi Buffon in the World Cup final against France in 06. And, and it, it wasn't the saves that impressed me. It was his communication with the back four. And it was his ability to come off the line, um, either from crosses or when the ball was played in behind the back four. That's what impressed me. Not the saves, his communication skills and the confidence he gave Kieran Clark and Grant Hanley playing the back four and we've, we've got ourselves in this situation where unfortunately that goal tonight is the goalkeeper's fault. You can say Rafa needs to give him more time. You can say that it was unfortunate. You can say that he'll come good. That that may be true and I may be wrong. It doesn't matter. Newcastle have dropped two points tonight because of the goalkeeper and I'm sick and tired of going to the match and watching the goalkeeper make, make no save sign. Um, <laughs> wow, that was, that was some rant. That was- um, that, that had a bit of passion to it, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It did. I, I want to pick up on what you what you said, Marcus, which was uh, you saw because it's obviously the benefit of being at the game compared to us just yep. watching it on the, on the screen. Um, was that you saw some sort of a disagreement or something between Lascelles and the keeper? Um, that that's that's a warning sign right there because the the one thing if you if you just like given the benefit of the doubt on shot stopping and all the other things, it's that confidence that the back four has that their goalkeeper is going to do what they need to do. And they can be left to their own devices. That isn't there with Celts, and there's obviously something it wrong there. No, not at all. So the, the the it's it's all about this kind of, and we we said this last season as well. When when with Rob Elliott, and we've been quite critical of Rob Elliott, and he did all right, but it's that it's the effect that having a bad goalkeeper or a goalkeeper in bad form. Well, let's just call it bad form because Matt Celts might be way better than what we're seeing. But I, I think that's a great point, Sai. We're not saying he's shit, and this is relevant to TF Lawsy on Twitter who knows what he's talking about and I respect yeah. his opinion and it's a bit harsh calling him on Twitter because he's not here to, to say it we're not saying he's shit yeah. we're just saying Darlow is the better option yeah. you know Sells hasn't let any through his legs he's not he's not fumbled anything mm-hmm. and it's but but I worry in the championship and Newcastle have had a good start and I know we've got beaten three games and we've, we've won five drawn three and drawn one and the fantastic thing about the season so far, and I made this my point in both the special for True Faith and my match preview, is that you can lose you can lose games in the championship as long as you win your other ones. Draws kill you. It's the draws that will like speak to Brighton again. Brighton are the example. Draws stop you from getting promoted. We could you know if if Newcastle takes two points a game, Newcastle you know I've talked a lot about this run of fixtures. You know you've got your Brighton, Derby, um, QPR, Wolves. Wolves. Villa and, Villa and Norwich. T- 
take you know what have we, what have we pulled from that we pulled three we've, we've probably got 10 points from that 10 points even if we draw against Norwich on Wednesday 11 points almost two points a game is a fantastic return from those six fixtures if we beat Norwich it's a brilliant return so this isn't me and I've got people on Twitter this week saying we're up and down after the podcast and with respect to those people saying those things we go to all the matches pretty much and it's much easier when you haven't been to the match calling someone for being um, you know, too up and down when unfortunately we're there like you Marcus tonight we're there we're spending more money we're going to away games and no disrespect to those people but I have to say we're not being negative and I still have absolute faith in Rafa Benitez but to me, having been every single Newcastle game this season, apart from QPR um, and today, which we've watched on telly, so we've only missed QPR, which is a 6 0 win, we'll be at Rotherham, we'll be at Preston, we'll be at Barnsley, we'll be at Brentford, we'll be at all those other games. Matt Sells at the moment is harming Newcastle United, and unfortunately, we've got to call it as we say it. And we're not saying he's shit, we're not saying he'll not make a good goalkeeper, but he's cost with the three points tonight. Do you agree, Marcus? I think that kind of does it for ourselves. We're going to have to move on. Or I mean, we could talk about them for a lot longer, unfortunately. Yeah. And the la- the last thing I the last thing I want to do is is stick on Newcastle United's goalkeeper. But you you're at the game, Marcus. First half performance. How how do you rate it? And and do you think we should be more than one up at half time? Just to be fair, to be fair, to be fair again, I I said the exact same thing as you in the first half, and I know to be fair to you, Marcus, you've not had the benefit of a replay. I said the same no. thing to you. He's got to go high, or he's got to go round. 
but he's he has to, to, to give him a little bit of credit he has and he, he really has tried to put it through the keeper's legs oh, he's, made, he's made himself big yeah but he's but, but Gale's Gale it's not just a, a mindless hit he's tried to put it through the goalkeeper's legs and it's hit the goalkeeper on the inside of the knee so like a couple of inches and we're talking about a great finish so I, I agree with you when I first saw that It, it was frustrating, and I agree with you that you say you've got a couple of vile fans in the car, poor lads. Um, we should have been three or four nil up at half time. Like, and this is the positives, and and I know people listen to this podcast. If you're still listening, you might think after the Wolves podcast we did. I know we did the radio show today, which is pretty positive. Um, although we didn't talk any Castle a lot, so that was part of it. Um, it this, this is this result is not the end of the world. This is a good result. Go, going away to your main promotional rivals and being disappointed with a point is is a positive. So I'm not being negative at all, but I, I do feel in the first half, like you say, Diarme and second half Diarme as well. I'm going to ask you in a second side about Diarme. Um, we should we should have put the game to bed. It should have been a comfortable three or four. Honestly, that, that we're kind of isn't it Castle fans this season um, at Derby, at Bristol, and at QPR with away games. We're so used to the absolute domination of the side. I think there's a danger this performance could be underplayed. And I know we beat Wolves in midweek, and I was there, and it was a good performance. I was really happy with it. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the way that Rafa was able to get the team to bounce back after the Wolves home defeat last weekend to go and play Villa off the pitch for seventy minutes. To go and go, go, go to Villa Park and be like, all right, lads, you've spent 30 million quid, but we're, we're, we're just better than you. And, and uh, we said the same after Derby. And I know Sunderland Football Club and Sunderland fans listen to this and get annoyed at where, as we've heard this week, saying we're, we're in the Champions League next season. Well, we're obviously not. Next season, 12th in the Premier League would be a good result. I'd be delighted. I'd take that now. But Newcastle in the first half were, were on a different level to Villa, in my opinion. And that, that can only be seen as a positive. And as the season goes on and, play, and teams pick up injuries and the squad we've got will be okay. But side Diarmi's picking up a lot of criticism. I've asked on Twitter people saying, where do you think Diarmi should play? Should he play behind the strike or is he not good enough? Is he not clinical enough? I've got people asking me, should he play at all? Should he be dropped? I mean, I'm not sure who else he played. I personally thought he had a good game. Um, or do you think maybe it's a, it's a little bit harsh from all the lads on Twitter kind of criticising Diarmi? Do you think actually it's Matt Celsius caught with the three points, not, yeah. not Momo Diarmi? Although we did miss it. Two sitters. Yeah, it's a, it's a funny one. I don't think Diarmi is the reason we didn't win today, and I don't know what I, if we'd kept it at one 0 Would I have thought he was the game? I thought Diarmi was crap. I thought he was really poor, and he was even worse last week at Wolves against Wolves. In but the league, you mean in the league? In the league, in the league yeah. he was excellent on Tuesday, which is so weird. Like his two best performances have come in the League Cup, which is obviously a bit of a worry in itself, but. <laughs> When you talk about who, who could come if in... If he knocks in the winner at Wembley, I'll, I'll not worry. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's all we're waiting for now. I think what disappointed me about Diarmi tonight was um, he was quite wasteful in possession. He was trying things. I couldn't see that. I couldn't he was see trying things and, and not a lot came off. Um, the, the, the more... I mean, obviously, he said he had, he had a couple of good chances and, and he's got to do better. The one where it comes across to him yeah. and he swings a foot at it and just falls over. Right at the start of the second half yeah. as well. That, that could have seen the game for us. That would have been it. And uh, really, really frustrating. Um, after that, and I know we've talked about his fitness because in the last 20, 30 minutes of games, pretty much every game, he seems to fade out. And it's a worry that even... And I know there's been questions about whether we've got to do a pre-season with Hull, but... 
either way by now he should really be back up to scratch and it doesn't seem to be there he's got 20 minutes at the, at the end of every game where he's just not contributing and why is he not being taken off I don't know yeah um, in the last half in the, and basically in the second half you were watching a, a team that was trying to press we were trying to press them trying to close them down trying to stop them from playing but whenever it was the army's job to press I felt like there was this, this lethargic sort of jog towards the ball and they were able to move it on quickly and he wasn't playing his role in that, that kind of pressing high pressure game and it's really really hard to watch when because again I don't think he was at fault compared to anyone else more um I don't. I don't want to pin this on him, but uh, it, 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 when you see anyone in in, in Rafa Benitez's team who seems to be lacking effort, it it's it stands out because the whole team is really really like going for it. So I thought he had a really really poor game, and it's it's worrying me now so, because he hasn't had I'll, an excellent game yet. I'll just come back on that. I, I think that's really harsh. I thought he had a good game and. To play that number 10 role in the championship like he's been asked to play, he's been asked to drop in in the midfield, and like you say, press. Um, I think he he should have done but he should have scored. That's yeah. not let's let's not beat about the bush, he should have scored. But the fact he keeps getting chances, to, and I think whenever he gets the ball, I, I, I'll disagree with you there, Simon, and me and you are talking now without seeing any highlights, with yeah. literally just talking off the game. I don't think he did give away the ball. I think when he's in possession, the opposition are so scared to even try and tackle him gives you a, an idea of the respect um, that they hold him in. Mm-hmm. And he's he's and, he, and and once he gets that first goal, he'll get ten goals this season. And I know what you mean. It's maybe it's ten goals enough for a number ten playing Newcastle. Last time the championship, we had Lovren Clance on fifteen, Carroll on twenty, no no on eighteen. Do you want to give uh, Marcus a ring back there? He's probably just lost the he's signal. Awesome. But. I don't blame Diame for tonight, although he's got to do better. And I think obviously the the chance against Wolves was brilliant. And I think he's. I'm not quite sure who else you play against uh, in the number ten position for Newcastle. I'm not sure we've got that many other options. Like Mar- Marcus is back with us. Um, Marcus, I'll come to you on Gale Dwight Gale. A few people are asking us on Twitter on at TF Weekly Pod. Getting the best out of Gale, says Mark Kilmaster. Mark Kilmaster, play him in a 4-3-3. Or a 4 Marcus has gone again, size. So I'll <laughs> I'll come to you on this one. Do you think, what? how, how, how would you rate Gale's performance? Um, Murphy didn't make the bench again, which I was disappointed with. But Rafa does know best. Gale yeah. missed that sitter. There's Marcus back with us again. Hello, Marcus. Sai, Gale. Uh, sorry. Hi, hi, it's all right. No worries. Sai, um, Gale, before I come to Marcus, would you, do, you, do you think away from home he's the best option? And I think he had a very good first half. I think we both said before the game, after Tuesday, after having been very impressed with Daryl Murphy yeah. and his ability to, to play the target man role, as opposed but to... But Kukum would say, miles better than Mitrovic. Yeah. As, as a target man. I was just about to say, as opposed to Mitrovic, who, who's offered very little, both this season and last season, as that target man role. Maybe by experience, maybe at immaturity, whatever it is, Daryl Murphy knows how to play that role. He knows how to, to hold it up, to lay it off, to, to, to hustle but not give away free kicks. He knows how to play that position. So, while Gale has, has been our talisman so far this season, he's, he's, he's got the goals to, to show for it. And I don't even think he played badly today. I think he was in the positions. I think he's run down the channels. The, again, I think it's already been, I think we've already mentioned it, Marcus, that it was, that, it was that point in the game where he could have sealed it for us, that one-on-one. He had to do better. That's that's why he's on the pitch, because he will, he will get those chances. Mitrovic wouldn't get that chance. Because he wouldn't, he wouldn't. Diarmo won the ball there, by the way. Just, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> but, but because Gale's fast, because he's he's alert, he, he gets that. That's your one and one. There you go, Gale. There's your chance to score as a goal. He didn't do it today, but he's done that so far this season yeah. seven times. So 
benefit of the doubt, I think he's got to play most games. You're right. Uh, like Wolves were the one opposition who've come up against us with huge defenders, four massive defenders. That's why you need a target man. That's why Gale was ineffective, albeit Gale was ineffective next to Perez, who was even more horrendous. But uh, against teams that are going to come up against us with a bit of uh, physicality and uh, aerial presence in defence, we need someone else, and Gale's not that man. Today, I don't think that's what Villa are about. I think if we could get Gale in behind, which we did a couple of times, the chances were there. Richie got in behind, yeah. as did Dayame, as did Gouvran as well. We, we were we were cutting them apart at times and to be honest as, as we said first off we needed just a couple more goals and Gale could have got one of those and today it just hasn't happened I don't want to criticise him too much I think he was he was fine really Marcus uh, what was your view from the away end of the second half performance what was my view on it yeah do you, do you think that we played badly second half do you think it was a good performance second half do you think it was the logical performance second half what, how, what did you see of, of Newcastle after half time in your opinion uh, dare I say I think Rafa got it wrong I could see what he was going for uh, and had spoken to, to Villa fans beforehand they always said that Villa through the second half so half the half and push forward the attack the last five to ten minutes of the match run out of stamina and then the opposition would look to counter and get their goal off the back of that. So I could see he was, he was looking and basically take on this line of uh, pressure. Um, for me, personally, and it might sound ridiculous, I think the balance of the team completely changed when Yedlin went off. Uh, Hayden uh, isn't the right back. Uh, I think it's coming far too hard to pitch. I think uh, John A. You've got enough space just to run through bodies in free will and win his free kicks. I think to be fair to Rafa, um, the Yedlin substitution was obviously an injury, so he, he pretty much, unless he played a centre back there, which was an option, um, he could have done that. Um, you know that's unfortunate. I think that 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 uh, upset us a bit, and you know vile fans will say talk about Jordan Ayew hitting the post, and that would never have happened if Yedlin was on the pitch because because he was against Hayden, and and fair play to Hayden for dropping in and working and. Shelby was a bit lucky to escape with just yelling in the first half. I thought that harmed us, but I don't. I kind. I don't share your opinion a little bit there because because we've been here so many times before with the way that Rafa and the team shut the game down in the second half. I think we did it very well. Um, the only disappointing thing is offset pieces that we did so badly. Though I can say that's a big. The goalkeeper is a big, a big uh, part of that. You know, I've got John yeah. Garner on Twitter at um, Decker1969 saying we had 19 shots and conceded only one goal. Probably not, not the best time to go down the, the goalie's throat. Um, I disagree again. Obviously, we're not going to talk about Celtic again. I think that I think there's so much more 
to a goalkeeper than the shots he concedes or the the attempts on goal. It's the whole confidence that the defence have and the rest of it. I mean, we've got some good questions on Twitter here talking about. I mean, there's one question which is a, a bit mental, saying, um, "Do you think we can make the top six playing Celts and Dummett? Yes, we can. Um, Dummett didn't have a particularly bad game. Listen, he wasn't outrageous though. I've said previously, and I've, I've picked up a lot of criticism from people listening to this podcast and, and who've read my writing on True Faith, saying I'm unduly harsh on Dummett. I would have picked him today. I really rate Lazar, but it's gonna, you know, this is Lazar's preseason. He's he's played one game football this calendar, you know, this season. Um, so there's no point hiring him at the deep end at Villa. I might start him against Norwich. I'd, I wouldn't blame Rafa if he started Dummett. I think Dummett had a good season. As much as I was critical of him last year, he's had a couple of mares, but. Really, it, it, it boils down to, to one mistake from the goalkeeper. If Sells stays on his line, if he doesn't take the three steps forward, he saves it. And if he comes for the ball, he probably gets it. And and me, Marcus and Sally are sat here talking about these things and it's unfortunate. And I hate slagging off Newcastle players. And like I said earlier, I'm not saying Matt Sells is a bad goalkeeper. I'm not saying that he should never play for Newcastle again. I'm just saying Carl Darlow is a better goalkeeper than him. I don't think that's so sacrilegious. I don't think it's so bad. But... It's about current form as well. Celts is having a bit of a shocker. Why not take him out of the team? Take him out of the lineup for a bit. If he needs to be introduced to a later date, do it. Give got give Darlo a shot. Why not? What what's stopping us at this stage yeah. in the season? Well, like I said, when I met Rafael, I was very fortunate through True Faith to, and and he told me that he was playing Celts because they got the best, the most highly rated goalkeeper in Belgium, and if they dropped him now, they'd probably never know how good he could be mm. and that's the idea and I'm, I respect this the idea is that we'll have a goalkeeper there who's good enough to play in the Premier League and I like Darlow and he's a good goalkeeper and I think he can play in the Premier League he's not as good as Tim Krull mm-hmm. I know you disagree Marcus but let's not go into it um, and I think the idea is that Matt Seltz long term could be a better goalkeeper my argument is that these days it's it's past that point we need a goalkeeper who can make a couple of saves for yeah. in the Premier League um, Sai we'll go to Norwich on Wednesday do you think? Do you think we've got a good chance to beat them six wins in a row for Norwich? Yeah, it's not a good time to play them. Um, I think our home form has been exceptional, but <laughs> apart from the two defeats out of four, but from, from, from <laughs> Wolves is a blip and Huddersfield doesn't count because it was before we had a team. Um, we we just we, we, today it, it really could have been four 0 at half time if we can dominate Norwich for the first half as we did today. I have no concerns at all. Um, I think we could do with a bit more battle in that midfield. I think Colback might come back in. Um, I, I I don't know because at home you want to see Gale, you want to see our best, our, our most attacking lineup possible. Mitrovic slows the game down and and doesn't quite um, doesn't it doesn't work unless you need him late in the game where you're trying to trying to catch something where where you got the defensive guard. So for me, uh, Norwich is going to be all about. Um, starting the game as we have done today and starting the game as we did against Wolves on Tuesday it's just getting at them getting that goal getting the first goal in this league against in, in the close games which are these ones the, the last six games basically we've had that first goal is crucial it's the most important thing if we get the first goal at home I think we'll be fine um, notwithstanding the fact that we've conceded late today but I think we'll be okay yeah, I mean, I'm going to give my rallying call now and a lot of people that listen to this might not even be going to the game, but it's such a big game for the fans. I mean, Rafa has consistently talked about the performance of the fans and there's been a lot of discussion on Twitter, on the True Faith Facebook page and then beyond that, about the 
the relevance and the um you know how how we react as fans listen let, let's get to the fucking match on on wednesday i'm calling it now outside after work pints straight away i'm up for just like five o'clock early finish town pints match no like driving none of that let's get behind the fucking lads but let's not you know if Paul Dunham puts the ball up play by accident it's not a stand up from your seat and scream abuse yeah. at them it's a let's get behind the team let's make it positive and it's a big game because we currently sit four points behind Norwich if we lose that game and if we lose the game by the way we're still going to get promoted so don't worry but if we lose that game we're seven points behind them yeah. and that puts us in a difficult position to win Makes the league it's a massive game, and I've got absolute respect and belief in Rafa that we'll win the big games. He saw us against Brighton. Brighton was supposed to turn up at St James's Park and show Newcastle United how to play Championship football, and it didn't happen. We pissed it. I've absolute confidence we'll, 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 we'll win the game. I hope Caldwell starts. If he doesn't, I'll back Matt Sells. It's not a case of being right or wrong or support and whatever, but apart from um, Barnsley, you know, you've got to go down to 12th place to see a team who's lost as many. Uh, James is us in the in the championship so far. So let's get there. Points not a, not the worst result in the world. We're going to start a run of very winnable fixtures, very winnable after Norwich. So let's get to Norwich and let's understand that the first half might not we're not we might not be four 0 up. Let's win the game. Let's win one 0 Let's let it go off. Um, Papi Cisse's arse, as we used to say. Yeah. He's not here anymore. It doesn't matter. I really hope Murphy gets a chance. Marcus has left us again because I think Murphy's a much better option than Mitrovic. I know that'll upset some people. I was very impressed by him. He knows he knows how to play hold up football. Yeah. I thought Mitrovic when he came on was ineffective. Yeah. I know he didn't get long, but he didn't hold the ball up. He yeah. didn't win any free kicks. He didn't do any of the things you're expecting. We're currently fifth place in the fifth place in the league, <laughs> level with Birmingham. We're a point behind Reading. Um. Not not to worry though. Not to worry. We've we've had some hard games. Listen, our first six games we've had. I mean, look at the top. Look at the top four now. We've played Redden. We've played Brighton. We've played Huddersfield. So we've played three of the top four. We've we've also played Wolves. We've also played Bristol City. So we've played the majority of the top ten teams. We haven't played Sheffield, Leeds, Ipswich, Forest, Burton, Preston, Blackburn, Cardiff, Derby, Rotherham, Wigan. We've We've played Derby. I've just described you there most of the bottom half yeah. of the championship. So we've got all these games to come, so there's no need to panic. I don't think I'm being overly negative by saying Carl Darlow should start ahead of Matt Sells, but let's just be positive. A draw away at Villa wasn't the worst result in the world. I thought Newcastle were excellent. I thought Newcastle defended well. Yeah, we've got a bit lucky at times, but if you're going to go away from home and win the championship, you need a bit of luck. And unfortunately, the goalkeeper's let us down. But if he starts Wednesday, he starts Wednesday. Si, how do you think it'll go? Abagas, Abagas. The thing is, we, we've as you, as you described before, we've gone into the likes of Brighton, Derby, QPR. These are the the tough fixtures of the championship, and and it's just been a, it, the the golf in quality, and that, that's that's what always um, encourages me. It's the quality of these teams. Like they will get chances. Norwich will get chances. Brighton got chances. QPR got chances. Derby got chances. None of them scored. Villa got a gag chance where the goalkeepers made an error. Um, I, I, if we score goals, which we will in every game with with the with the ability we have in the squad, it's just about keeping keeping them out. And I, I back us most weeks to do that. It'll just it'll it'll be bad luck and, and the odd blip where, for example, Wolves, where an own goal or something will set us in the wrong direction. But I, I think we'll be fine. This has been True Faith Weekly Podcast. I'm Alex Hurst, Simon Campbell uh, has been with us and Marcus who's off the phone at the moment. If you're listening and you're in Newcastle and you don't have a ticket for Wednesday night, buy one. Let's let's go and win the game. Let's get 52,000 there. I know it's a Wednesday night. 
and we've all got stuff on, we've all got jobs. But let's let's go to the match and let's sing and let's get behind the team. It's a it's a big deal. Yeah. And Rafa keeps talking about it, so let's do it. And um Norwich will probably bring about five hundred because they're Norwich and they're not Newcastle United. So thank you for listening. We will be back with you after Norwich, most likely in the car on way home, and me and Sai are gonna go and eat our Chinese. So thank you. <laughs> Cheers. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.